Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed is She podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Jenna. Hello. Hi, friend. How's it going? Going great. Couldn't be happier to be here with my friend, Michelle Benzinger. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Beth. Hi, Jenna. How are you all? Living the dream, Michelle. <laughs> that was a big sigh, Jenna. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm reminding myself that I'm living the dream. Amen, girl. Amen. Constant reminder. Sticky notes everywhere, all over our life. That is good. Beth, how are you? Well, I mean, now I want to just prophesy that I am living the dream there as you well. Go. There you go, girl. <laughs> Own it. Claim it. That's good. Sometimes we have to preach to ourselves, you know? Totally. I've noticed myself yeah. being tempted often, you know? Recently, I just started saying, no, like out loud. Oh. Normally, I would just say it in my brain. Yeah. Like, devil, don't come near me or something. Yeah. No, I just say, no. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. I think it's amazing that you're even realizing it in the moment. Just even taking the holy pause to stop and say, okay, no, instead of just reacting. You're actually responding to grace instead of reacting to the situation. That's good. I'm really impressed mm-hmm. with you. It's very authoritative. No, yeah. we're not gonna. Yeah. Nope. It's like very sure, which I like. It's not like, no, don't come near me. I don't want to be overwhelmed with this thought. It's just like, no. Yeah. Like no is a complete sentence. There you go. No. Right. It totally yep. works. Friend, I loved when we had you on the podcast. We had you on once. We talk about you regularly. But for anyone who hasn't listened to There Is Room at the Table, your original episode on The Gathering Place, can I ask you to tell us a little bit about you? A little bit about me. I live in Florida. I'm married to a man much holier than me. And I have six children. They're amazing. And I do a podcast with two of my other friends, Sister Miriam and Heather Kim. And I'm the creative director of Greenhouse Collective, which is a place where you are formed and dream dreams. And tell us, friend, how's your heart? How's your year? My year has been, you know, like everyone else's, a little bit topsy-turvy. I would have told you if you asked me two weeks ago, I said, my heart's good. Last week and a half, I probably have had a, you know, my substantial share of meltdowns. I don't think I want to ask the question anymore. Like, what else could happen? Because something else happens like this year. So I think I was telling you the other day, Beth, just when different things happen, because there's been so much this year, I don't have any reserves left. And so usually I'm like extremely resilient and I can push through almost anything, almost to a fault. But... I don't have a lot of reserves left, but I think the Lord is in all of that because I actually have to cling to the Savior and not think that I'm the Savior. So it's a good little humbling place to be. So I will leave it at that. How are you, Beth? (laughs) Good. What you just shared reminded me, Jenna and I were doing a holy hour and I don't often revisit old journals, but I did. I felt the Lord in particular pointing me to this journal from little over a year ago. You know, I just move so quickly in prayer. (laughs) I'm learning to stay with things, but there was something that I saw in my journal from over a year ago that the Lord is saying now, but in a new way. It was cool to see that this is not new. The Lord is like persevering to teach me things. And that thing was about the Holy Spirit. 
Jenna and I have been talking a lot just about like self-reliance and independence and kind of coming to the end of ourselves, you know? And I had this light bulb as I read my old journal that the mark of the Holy Spirit in my life, his action in my life, is that things are easy. It was that phrase, like the Holy Spirit Uh saying, if you want to know where I am and what I'm doing and where to go, like follow what's easy. Easy is the evidence that I'm in this. Everything clicked for me. I understood that if I want to break this self-reliance, the key is the Holy Spirit. Because when I'm doing things Mm. in my own strength, I'm exhausted. And I've been doing a lot of that. You know, so it's just a good reminder for me in my current exhaustion that the Holy Spirit makes everything easy. The Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. is who is going to break the chains of self-reliance that I've put on myself. I think that... When people think of the word easy, they think like it should be like a pie in the sky. But I think what you're trying to say is like there's an ease to it. There's a grace to it. There's a power to it. There's a strength to it. You know the feeling like when you are doing it on your own strength because it is exhausting. Jenna was just saying like, you know, you're doing it in the Holy Spirit strength when there's a grace there and you're responding to the grace and you're receiving it. It makes things, it's almost like the oil that makes things like fit together closely and you don't have to jam things into it. It like eases into the place that it's supposed to be. And so I think the Lord's teaching us all that we cannot be self-reliant and that we can only be reliant on him. And I think he's bringing us to the end of our ropes so that we will actually cling to him and not the things that we were clinging to before. You know, for me, I just don't transform easily. (laughs) I transform when things are more challenging. I never grow out of comfort. I wish I did because I love comfort, but I always so often grow out of difficulty or being challenged. So yes, yes, totally get that, Beth. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't say I'm doing it, but I at least now know (laughs) a way to move forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Comfort actually is something I've been really thinking about a lot, Michelle. So I like that you brought that up. I think I have a real attachment to comfort. I think especially just in this year, we're all realizing how comfortable our lives might have been. And that in the topsy-turvy, as you said, things just get out of whack, even if all the things are out of whack, realign ourselves with the Lord. Beth, back to you talking about the Holy Spirit and ease. And I've really just been thinking, even in, in the little chaoses of our everyday lives, right? Not like massive upheaval of the nation. The Lord is just a place of rest. And I know we talk about that so often, but I'm just realizing more and more how much I value relationships in my life that are a place of rest for me and relationships in my life that bring me great peace that don't add to the anxiety that kind of already has a tendency to creep in when we're not comfortable or when things are kind of crazy. You know, we're already kind of at a heightened level. So I am just finding myself so grateful for the people in my life who bring me peace and who are a place of home for me. Ultimately, they're showing me that that's what the Lord is like, that He is a place for rest for me, that He is a place of peace. I'm kind of learning to be okay with setting all other relationships aside mm. for that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. That's not easy either. One, it takes discernment to figure that out. But also it takes real self-awareness to figure, okay, these are the relationships right now in this season that I really need to allow myself to foster and cultivate because they are life-giving both ways. And there is a season where you, the Lord will bring more challenging people into your life. 
But right now, just knowing like this in this season, you need people that you can just, we all need in every season people we can rest in. But especially in this season, I need people that I can rest in. This is it. I was thinking about this. This is so random, but I was driving yesterday and I was so tired at the end of the drive. I was listening to Taylor Swift's new album. There's that line that said, you are my homeland. And I just love that whole image of people being homelands to one another. Those people where you can come and just exhale and be yourself and not have to have any kind of pretense or filter. This is your real life, not your Instagram worthy life, but your real life where there's no pretense and you can just be messy. There's something so comforting in that. And I think, man, in this season right now, we need those homeland people and relationships. We, you know, we need to realize that our ultimate home is heaven. And I'm constantly reminding myself that. <laughs> like, okay, Lord. I'm just on a journey. I'm just on a journey. Remember the eternal goal. We did this really cool exercise on a a leadership weekend recently where we talked about our personal core values. So we've Mm -hmm. done that for the ministry and very like painstakingly distilled it down. Like, why do we exist? Who do we serve? You know, all that good stuff. But we did it individually to kind of learn about one another And when I had like this list of characteristics, it was a really cool experience because we were supposed to mark off the different ones that appealed to us. And we're supposed to kind of call it down, right, to the most Mm -hmm. important to get to a top four. But immediately I had circled two and everything else was kind of just like, meh, like, yes, but it's these two. And then I was so surprised and delighted (laughs) because the whole point of the exercise was to get it down to two. And I was like, well easy breezy. One of my top two core values is peace. And it's what you're both describing as rest, as a homeland, that I desire to be that for people. And I desire mm-hmm. to to bring that aspect of Christ to other people in relationship. What I loved about it in particular was that we had to kind of define it. Because when I say peace, you might think through your lens, your experience of peace, that might mean one thing to you, Mm. but it means something different to me. I think we're all looking for that peace, that homeland, that place of rest, particularly in a time when things do feel so unstable. And and not just personally, but globally. We're all going through Mm -hmm. this at the same time, and yet it's uniquely personal. Mm -hmm. So what was your definition of peace, Beth? Yeah, Yeah. for me, it encompassed both like interior and exterior order. When things are all in right order and are beautiful. So that would be like my physical space, my environment, the environment we create on retreats. A restaurant where I feel like I can like really enjoy the ambiance or the decor, you know, there's something in me that kind of relaxes when things are beautiful and in right order. And the same is true interiorly. You know, when I'm close to the sacraments, when I'm pursuing virtue, when I'm prioritizing prayer, there's something in me that is in right order and I'm reflecting the beauty of Christ to the world. So I can be at rest And I hope that other people are at rest in my presence. Mm, It was encompassing of a lot of different things like safety and beauty was big and order was big. Oh, I love all of that. That's amazing. That's beautiful, Beth. Michelle, where have been your places of rest kind of in the upheaval of this year? I think for me, I was thinking about this a lot. Like last December, I took a personal retreat. Because my spiritual director said, you have to have one this year, which was like like Moses parting the Red Sea. But the Lord allowed it. And one of the things he really impressed on my heart was my pace was too much. 
and that I needed to really slow down and really prioritize like, like what am I being called to? Because just because I can doesn't mean I should do all the things I'm saying yes to. And I love people and I love things and I totally overestimate all the things that I can and would and should be could accomplish. It was really good for me. And so I came back from that retreat and actually canceled the majority of all my speaking stuff unless I had a contract for it. So I did all that. And then COVID broke, which I was like, okay. And I really felt like the Lord was saying for me, like, you need to take a holy pause and just pause. And then COVID happened. I'm like, well, everybody, we're all going to take a holy pause all together. Here we go. And so for me, like at the beginning of COVID was a sweet time just to pause. One of the conversations my husband and I have been having the last couple of weeks is like, we don't want to lose what we learned at the beginning of this COVID season. The Lord taught us some really great lessons about our pace and about our family and stuff like that. We don't want to lose what we did learn. And I'm just realizing in a big way that time is short and that I have to be intentional about my time. And I really have to pray for wisdom. Like it tells us in scripture, like in James, if any of you lack wisdom, ask for it. I've been asking for more wisdom to discern what is going on in the world, to discern my response and to discern how he's asking us to live. Like what you were saying, Beth, like what is my personal core values? What is my family's core values? And what are the people that I lead? How do we lead our core values? And like, and get rid of all of the other stuff. Be about the one things that we're supposed to be about. And for me, it's been making our house really a place of rest. And so I'm really happy when I am doing hospitality when I have people in and out of our homes. I mean, it's challenging in this season, but still making our place for my family and others a place of rest is huge for me. Making it a warm and beautiful environment, but also making an environment where people are seen and heard is a big deal for me. That's amazing. Michelle, you shared something with me early on in quarantine, in prayer, that kind of gave me a long vision for this like global timeout we were all taking. There's been like tremendous suffering for people, but it has felt that way. Like we've all been forced to slow down. Not everyone has taken that lesson, myself included. I haven't gleaned everything (laughs) that the Lord intended for me to learn, but I wonder if you could share a little bit about just having a more prophetic vision or future vision for this time. Because our conversations early on helped me to see it not as something to endure. We're not just getting through it. But if we surrender to it and allow the Lord to use this suffering and redeem it, there's something up ahead that we're being prepared for. Yeah, I think it goes back to like the asking the wisdom. The Lord is not surprised about what is going on. I mean, it's hard and like there's been a lot of heartbreaking stuff to watch during this season from the people that are getting ill to putting a real strain on jobs and marriages and just different things. But it wasn't a surprise to the Lord. He knew that this was coming. So what is the divine perspective that he has? And how do we respond to that divine perspective? And for me, it was really one of the first scriptures I got was in Revelations, coming back to your first love. And for me, it was a really big time of repentance, almost like attitudes. It wasn't actually like sinfulness, like behavior sinfulness. It's more attitudes and postures of my heart that were before the Lord. And coming back to where he had to be in first position, and he really had to almost like realign my heart where he was first and foremost in some areas. And I think he really showed me after that alignment that only could he give me the new assignments that he was going to do in this next season if I had proper alignment. Looking at 
ugly parts of me. You know, I think that's what this whole season has been. That this has been such an invitation to growth, such an invitation to growth and not to cower away and not to beat myself up and not to condemn myself, but like, oh my gosh, he is inviting me to growth. He is inviting me to change from glory to glory. Like it tells us in scripture, like he is transforming me. And do I really want holiness or not? Because I say I do, but do I really want it? Okay. These areas of comfort these areas of judgment that I had had and really asking some hard questions in my heart, how I love, how I am present. It was really interesting. I was with my daughter on this past trip. We went and stayed with my sister's two-year-old because she was having her second baby. So we were keeping him while she was in the hospital. And she said to me, she's like, mom, you're so much fun when we're here. And I was like, am I not fun at home? She's like, well, kind of, unless you're busy, then you're kind of moody. I was like, out. And she's like, Oh my gosh, did I hurt your feelings? I'm like, No, honey, you didn't hurt my feelings. Like you're being honest, like you can speak your heart, you know, I want to hear this. And then I went to scripture that night, I had marked Proverbs 31, like kind of popped open. And then you know, they will rise up and call her blessed. And I laugh because I've said this before. But I'm like, Okay, my kids gonna rise up and call me moody. Are they gonna rise up and call me distracted? Are they gonna rise? Gonna, you know, I'm like, are they gonna rise me? She's sometimes fun, you know, and you're the parent, you can't always be fun. But like, what is the position and disposition of my heart? And I think that's the bigger thing, like the Lord's asking us, what is the disposition of your heart? And do I have it? And am I your first love? And is that first love going to overflow to all areas of your life? Because he is doing something new in this season. And one more thing, I really feel like this to my bones and my being in my heart, Things are getting darker, and I'm not one of these doomsday people. Things are getting darker. But I also think that's an invitation to the church and to the world for the church and the world to get brighter. These are the time where saints shine. This is the time for the church to be home, for our homes to actually be home. You know, they could be literally these little lighthouses. We can actually be salt and light and to really shine brightly in this time of darkness. And that excites me. Like that gets me fired up and that inspires me and empowers me to respond to his love and his invitation. That's so beautiful. Cause I do think the inclination recently for me has been one of like great discouragement. Like when is this going to end or when is something new coming or when is there like that freshness? And that's just so beautiful, Michelle, as a reminder that we are called to be light in this world, in the darkness and not to be discouraged, but to continue to allow the Lord to work through us. Because I think in discouragement, it can be like, what's the point in like leaning in and praying and getting holier? I don't know. Everything just seems like so at a snail's pace that it almost feels like mm-hmm. there's we've lost the sense of urgency. Maybe we've never had the sense of urgency that I think the mm. Lord really calls us to, to be his missionaries, to make disciples, to become disciples. So that's so beautiful. I was just reading Jeremiah 17 recently and... This whole last section of Jeremiah 17 was hallow the Sabbath day. It starts at 22. Do not carry a burden out of your houses on the Sabbath or do any work, but keep the Sabbath day holy as I commanded your ancestors. 23. Mm. Yet they did not listen or incline their ear. They stiffened their necks and would not hear or receive instruction. But if you listen to me, says the Lord, and bring in no burden by the gates of this city on the Sabbath day, but keep the Sabbath day holy and do no work on it, then there shall enter by the gates of this city kings who sit on the throne of David riding in chariots and on horses, they and their officials, the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and this city shall be inhabited forever. It was just, I guess, this realization in my Mm. heart, so similar to what you're saying, Michelle, I will not be given 
this like fresh grace, this like new outpouring, this new assignment, like you said, Michelle, until I align myself with the Lord. And I think in like a very real practical way, a lot of us have not returned to mass. A lot of us have not returned to the sacraments the way that the Lord wants to pour his graces out on us. I think Mm -hmm. to really take an inward look at what we are doing on our weekends that maybe we're doing a live stream, but maybe not, or we do have time for mass, but maybe we're not making the time for it or whatever. I'm sure both of you have been going to mass. So maybe I'm in the minority in this, but I'm not sure. And I do think the Lord is calling us again to keep his day holy, to make him center of our hearts in this like very real practical way of receiving the sacraments. No, I totally agree. I think it's easy because this has lasted so long, like to get complacent. And I think there's no room for complacency anymore. For us, like I know we have gone back to mass, like just to see the beauty of the sacraments again, to come back home and to come. And some people can't like they're, you know, for health reasons and all of that. And they are not able, but okay, like, where is the Lord calling us back home, you know, to the church, to the sacraments? Where is he calling us to realign our hearts? And it's not for condemnation, and it is not to make us feel guilty. He calls us back home to the sacraments because he aches for us, and he longs for us, and he wants us to be in true communion for him. Ask the questions like, Lord, give me the desire, give me the ache. I'm trying. Yeah. You know, I think the deep work of holiness it's not really gratifying. We don't see instant results. We don't feel much better. In fact, I think it hurts worse mm. <laughs> at times. Yeah. And so I'm noticing that within myself, this apathy mm-hmm. toward like mm. my personal prayer time, even though I know that I know that I know that I know. Yes. It's the most important thing. It's the one thing. It's the only thing that's yes. going to make me feel better. It's the only thing that's going to heal my wounds and satisfy my heart. But, you know, I put it off. Things like that. These little compromises because I don't want to get in there and do the work with the Lord. And I think mass might even feel like that. I don't know that I want to, like, do the work of getting down there or dealing with this. Or, you know, people may be coming face-to-face even with very real fear. Totally. And there is a a spiritual fear. There's something over this time that we are afraid even to come back to the thing that will heal us and bring us life. Hmm. I think there's been something in me, like there's been a huge shift in me. And I just finished a Marian consecration that ended October 7th. And it was a really beautiful one about Mary's mantle. And it's the virtues on the stars of her Our Lady of Guadalupe Tilma. And it's the day for every virtue. And it's beautiful. And I am not an overly consecration girl. Like I love them, but it's hard for me to start to finish. Like the St. Joseph one and the Mary one, I actually did them all. Anything that's structured is always hard for me. But this one was so powerful for me, like unbelievably powerful. And I think for me, there was so much grace in it. I was able to respond to the grace. Like, I think that's the big thing. Like there was invitations always there to grace, but I actually accepted the grace and responded to it. Like I really could feel like a shift in my heart. And so for me, it was also that grace to look at the little and the hard places in me that needed to really grow and be like, okay, we're going to go there and we're not going to avoid them. And we're not going to stop halfway through. We're going to go all the way through because we have to go through it 
to get to the other side for it to be restored and redeemed. And the majority of, I would say, a lot of my spiritual life has been, "Mm, I'm going to go halfway through and this gets too hard. Let's just turn around and go back, you know, where it takes the same amount of energy to turn around and go back as it does to go all the way through. You know, it's just the anticipation of what it's going to cost us. I'm thinking it's going to hurt. But then I was like, oh, man, the healing is much better than the hurt. It's okay. And it's okay. But I think one of the most beautiful things for me is allowing myself to really trust the Holy Spirit, that he will comfort me even in the hard and really getting to know him as the comforter and that he will advocate for me and he'll fight for me even in the hard and that I can trust him in all of this. And I just had some beautiful images of Mary and the Holy Spirit and their relationship at the very beginning, you know, in the Annunciation when he overshadowed her. And she just said, yes, She asked him, like, okay, how's this going to happen? A girl after my own heart asking some questions, like wrestling, saying, all right, you know, how is this going to work out? Like, do you know who I am? And yeah, this isn't going to work. Like, she asked questions, and then she says yes. But it really got to me. I was really just praying with the whole image of why was Mary in the upper room for Pentecost? And when the Holy Spirit came in with as the wind and the fire, I could just get the sense of her being like, oh, there you are, dear friends. There you are, sweet lover, because she had already encountered him before in the Annunciation. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, she must have been such a mother and a sense of safety to these apostles, because here they are, they lost Jesus, but here they are, they have her, and she looks like him, I'm sure. She was his mother. She represented him. Like, so this is good. If Mary's here, then we're okay. And it was just realizing me that I had not allowed her to hold my hand and mother me in these areas of holiness, in these areas of littleness that I needed to be mothered in. I had kept her at arm's length because I thought she was very stoic and statue, and she wasn't flesh and blood and heart. And so I think that is like one of the beautiful things in the season is allowing the Holy Spirit, allowing Mary to become real and tangible people, relationships, even deeper ways in my own spiritual life and realizing, oh my gosh, Lord, we don't have to do this alone. We're not alone in this. You're with us. You want it more than we do. And you'll give us the tools and the grace to respond to your tools and grace in powerful ways. I love what you said about ask for the grace to receive the grace. I can't even respond to the invitation to go deeper, to be healed, for right order to be restored. I can't even do that without the grace Mm. to respond. So I loved that. I think when the Lord allows any kind of suffering, there's always the promise of His presence. There's always the promise of deeper healing Mm. and restoration. I want to receive that. Even though there were good things in the past, it wasn't working, and the Lord knew it wasn't sustainable. Just like He spoke to you about your pace. You're not an isolated case of that. We were all in many ways living unsustainably. Yes. And the Lord is inviting us into blessing, into a new season to be changed. But it begins with this inner transformation, if Mm -hmm. we allow it, if we respond to it. And I think that inner transformation is all about a deep, it's the deeper relationship. It's the deeper love. We can easily so go into the human doing instead of the human being. And it's all about relational love. My new spiritual director said, my goal for you is to realize everything in your relationship with the Lord is relational and not transactional. And I was thinking to myself, I was kind of getting like the two-year-old, like, I don't do that. And then he pointed out a couple examples. I was like, oh my gosh, I do. I still feel like I have to earn his love. Oh my goodness, I do. I'm so sorry because that means I don't trust his nature. 
in some ways, or trust who he is. But it was such a beautiful moment because it was like, once again, like I said, not of condemnation. It was like, oh my goodness, he just wants to love me. Will I allow him to love me? That's all he wants. We make it so hard, right? So hard. And it's really simple. He just wants us to receive his love and trust him and that he is who he says he is. And that's it. Michelle, would you mind closing us in prayer? I would love to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, you're the God of relationship. You are the God that is constantly aligning our hearts so they beat in the rhythm of your heart because you long for us. You ache for us. You long for us to come home to you. You long for us to run into your arms and trust that they are arms that will catch us. You long to see our faces aligned with your face, for our gaze to be in your gaze, and for us to look at one another lovingly, and to trust that, that your look is one of complete and utter love and delight as you gaze upon each and every one of us. Lord, we just ask for the grace to respond to your grace. We ask for the courage of our hearts to continue to continue to be open and continue to holiness and continue to healing. Lord, we just ask for the grace for you to continue to transform us into your being and likeness. And Lord, we just ask for the grace to be your instruments of salt and light in a world that feels very unsavory right now and very dark that we, we respond to your invitations of love. And we just pray this in your most holy and perfect name, Jesus. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, friends. Always good to chat with you. Well, friends, I have exciting news. Do tell. We're starting VBS again. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. So we are going to be starting on Friday. This week? October 23rd. Wow. I know. So hang out with us every weekday on Instagram live, Mm -hmm. 2 p.m. Eastern. If you can't watch it live, of course, it will be on YouTube. So it will be our fourth installment of our VBS, Virtual Bible Study. Yeah, so you could go back to YouTube and watch the Gospel of Mark, the Book of Acts, and St. Paul's letters. Yeah, there it is. Well, can't wait to do it with you. Me either. Bye-bye. See you soon.